You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. Alf V claims responsibility for a cyber attack on Constellation software. A new Akira ransomware campaign spreads. Cactus is a new ransomware leveraging VPNs to infiltrate its target. Many organizations are still vulnerable to the Go Anywhere MFT vulnerability. Russian hacktivists interfere with the French Senate's website. Keith Malarsky from EY details their State of the Hack report. Emily Austin from Census discusses the state of the Internet. And ransomware gangs target local governments in Texas and California. I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire Intel briefing for Monday, May 8th, 2023. Canadian software provider Constellation Software disclosed last week what they're calling a cybersecurity incident impacting the company's IT infrastructure. IT World Canada writes that a disclosure from Constellation shared that some IT systems within the company were breached and that there were also leaks of some personal data. The company said the incident was limited to a small number of systems related to internal financial reporting and related data storage by the operating groups and businesses of Constellation. A limited amount of personal information of individuals was impacted by the incident. A limited amount of data of the business partners of Constellation businesses was also impacted. Bleeping Computer explains that the Alf V ransomware gang claimed the attack. They've added a new entry for the company to their data leak site. The gang threatens to leak more than a terabyte of data if the ransom demand is ignored. The gang wrote, We have been on your network for a long time and have had time to analyze your business. We have stolen more than one terabyte of your confidential data. If you ignore or refuse the deal, we will be forced to release all of your data to the public. The Alf V gang, also known as Black Cat, is currently one of the most active ransomware operations. Bleeping Computer reports that Akira ransomware has been observed slowly spreading worldwide and its demands have reached six figures. 
Akira claims to have conducted attacks against at least 16 companies, but doesn't seem to be targeting a particular sector. Akira has leaked the information of four of its victims, presumably for not paying the ransom. Bleeping Computer writes, The ransomware gang demands ransoms ranging from 200000 to millions of dollars. They are also willing to lower ransom demands for companies who do not need a decryptor and just want to prevent the leaking of stolen data. The ransomware is currently being analyzed for weaknesses, and Bleeping Computer does not advise victims to pay the ransom until it's determined if a free decryptor can recover the files. The record reports that dozens of organizations are still exposed to cyber attacks through a widely abused vulnerability in Go Anywhere MFT, a web-based tool that helps organizations transfer files, according to new research. The exploit, CVE 2023-0669, was patched in February, but as Census reports, over two months after this zero day was disclosed, Census continues to observe almost 180 hosts running exposed go-anywhere MFT admin panels, with 30% of these showing indications of remaining unpatched and potentially vulnerable to this exploit. A single vulnerable instance has the potential to serve as a gateway to a data breach that could potentially impact millions of individuals. The number of vulnerable instances is trending slowly downward, but ransomware in general is on the rise, with all of its attendant threat. Experts recommend implementing patches and security updates as well as staying apprised of CISA's known exploited vulnerabilities catalog for situational awareness with respect to exploitation of known vulnerabilities. Researchers at Kroll have discovered a new ransomware family called Cactus. In a report emailed to the CyberWire, Kroll wrote, Cactus has been observed leveraging documented vulnerabilities in VPN appliances in order to gain initial access. The ransomware uses a novel encryptor requiring a key to decrypt it for implementation, which likely allows it to remain undetected until the threat actors implement the ransomware attack. Cactus is a new ransomware and as of yet hasn't been used enough to gather metrics regarding ransom prices or the consequences of not paying the ransom. Kroll said, As of the writing of this bulletin, Kroll had not yet identified a shaming site or victim identification-related blog authored by Cactus for purposes of sharing victim data if a ransom was not paid. In terms of ransom, there is not currently enough data to provide an average starting price. It is also yet to be seen what would happen if a ransom were not paid and how successful any threat actor-provided decryptor may be. Researchers recommend updating all VPN services and implementing password managers to minimize threat exposure, Kroll also recommends using multi-factor authentication to prevent lateral movement in the infected networks. The no-name group, which has been heard from intermittently during Russia's war, took to Telegram to claim credit for a distributed denial-of-service attack on Friday, Security Week reports. Cyber News quotes no-name's explanation, We read in the media that France is working with Ukraine on a new aid package, which may include weapons. And, without thinking twice, we crashed the website of the French Senate. The Senate tweeted that it was remediating the attack and working to restore full service. The consequences of the ransomware attack against the city of Dallas escalated over the weekend. The disruption the incident caused to emergency systems interfered with the response to the mass shooting that occurred there over the weekend. 
Although police officers were able to respond to the incident, system outages kept relevant information from the officers. WFAA reports that Dallas Police Department computers are still down after the city's system was attacked by ransomware on Wednesday, so it's hard for them to get information on prior calls to the home. Separately, ABC7 reported Saturday that San Bernardino County, California, paid a $1.1 million ransom to cyber extortionists, stating, County officials told ABC News on Friday that the county carries insurance for such attacks, and its share of the ransom came out to just over $511,000. After negotiating with the hackers, the insurance company and county agreed to pay to restore the system to its full functionality and secure data. It remains unclear which gang was behind the attack on San Bernardino's networks. Finally, we end on a sad note. James Walford, the CEO and co-owner of Atomic Data, a company he co-founded 22 years ago, passed away suddenly at his home on Friday. Our sincerest condolences to his colleagues, co-workers, and especially his family. May they all receive comfort in their time of mourning. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I am pleased to be joined here with Keith Malarski. He is America's cyber threat resilience leader at EY. Uh, Keith, it is great to speak with you again. Thank you for taking the time with us uh, here at RSA Conference. My pleasure, Dave. It's always good to chat with you and uh, great to be back at RSA this year. So I understand you are all on the verge of uh, releasing a new report here with some interesting uh, information in it. What do we got? 
Yeah, so we're about ready to publish uh, a, um, a report called The State of the Hack. Uh, and uh, this would be a perspective of hacking the world's biggest companies over the last year. So everybody publishes a report based off of their cyber threat in- intelligence on the state of the hack or what they're getting from incident response. We're going to take it from a good guy's perspective on um, what we're seeing that maybe not the bad guys are exploiting, but maybe things that are still weak in that, that we're seeing out there so that um, uh, companies could uh, t- respond to that and um, – be able to mitigate any kind of problems or have uh, in- increasing better resilience. Well, let's walk through it together here. What are some of the, the key elements that caught your attention? Yeah, so uh, so what we did, so this is after, you know, over the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that, that we did see was phishing still was effective, but lower. So uh, hmm. out of that, uh, we saw it was... Um, 38% effective out of all of our uh, attacks out there. So we really see that, um, you know, probably the increased uh, effort of training uh, yeah. for, for anti-phishing, uh, the email gateways that, that are being used out there, like Microsoft and Proofpoint uh, that, that's out there, is, is making a difference uh, at that. So, and actually there was a report last year that actually, not, not ours, uh, but from another vendor that said, uh, initial access through exploitation of CVEs had exceeded phishing for the first time. Hmm. So, so we kind of confirmed that. Okay. Uh, so, thirty-eight uh, percent effective. Uh, the other thing that we saw that was uh, that really jumped out at us because everybody talks about MFA, uh, right? And that you need to have MFA. We found that seventy percent of MFA was misconfigured in one way or another. Really? Yeah. So, or, or that we were able to bypass that uh, huh. by either getting in and. Um, uh, being able to, you know, set up another account to then initiate a, you know, an MFA request to then get in there and, and escalate privileges. Um, but, but that was one of the other big things that really took, you know, stood out for us uh, from the last, uh, from the last year. Before we move on to some of the other things that you gathered here, help me understand is, are these numbers coming from you and your colleagues doing pen testing? Is that primarily what we're talking about? Yeah. Here? So this would be pen testing. So okay. this is uh, the white hats going in to try to find vulnerabilities and, uh, you know, and, and be able to then talk to our clients uh, to then, you know, say, hey, you, you know, you may have a problem here. Let's let's fix this before it's really exploited. Right, right. Well, let's dig into some of the other uh, elements here that you've gathered. Yeah. So uh, the, um, the 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 mo- the technique that we used uh, to gain initial access the most that was most affected was uh, via password spraying. Hmm. Uh, so we, we we hear about password spraying a lot. Uh, and again, so that was used the most to gain that initial access. Um, some of the other things that, that uh, number two on the list were man-in-the-middle attacks, SMB relays, uh, un- unsecured credentials. So those were some of those, uh, you know, other things that we did to get that initial access there. The median time to get domain administrator access, right. once we got that initial access, uh, was one day. Uh, so so when you think about all of that, that's that's pretty... That's pretty quick Yeah. Uh, when you're thinking about that. And the average number of steps, so techniques that, that we took in order to get that domain uh, administrator access was five. So, f- you know, five different steps to get there. So um, being able to move pretty quickly. So, so I think, you know, from that, the, one of the biggest takeaways uh, in that, that that we recommend is, you know, with the speed is, is automation. So okay. being able to have SOAR in place, to be able to, to detect quickly, uh, you know, because sometimes we were detected uh, and there were alerts that were fi- getting fired off, but the, the, 
the blue team didn't react fast enough to uh, you know quarantine us. So right, right. so automation and speed is really of the essence. Wow. Um, some of the other things uh, you know that that we that we found here were. Um, this kind of goes with that password spraying was uh, domain and password lockout policies were really susceptible to password guessing. So ensuring that you do have that in place because then the password spraying would be, you know, ineffective. Right. Outdated windows. So that's, uh, you know, or versions of, of software. So that exploitation as well. Yeah. Um, so those, those were some of the biggest takeaways, you know, that, that, that we saw that I wanted to share with you. We're going to get in much more detail uh, when this gets published here in the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, with, with all the particular techniques and all that utilized. I'm curious from an in, in internal point of view, you know, you and your team there, do you come up with your own playbook over time that, you know, just uh, to save yourselves amount of work, you probably say, well, here are the things that work 90% of the time. So we're going to start there. Is that does that happen in uh, behind the scenes? Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, hey, uh, you know, we were able to bypass this. You know, in, in this situation, let's try that in other places. And then our goal is to then, if we find that vulnerability, you know, we want to get the word out there that hey, this is vulnerable, and this is what you need to do to fix that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, based on the information you gathered here, what are your recommendations? How how should people? best use their time and resources to defend themselves. Yeah. So again, uh, you know, vulnerability management uh, is really key, right. uh, you know, on that with, uh, you know, going away from phishing to exploitating, uh, uh, unpatched CVEs. Uh, so that's key number one. Uh, again, the, uh, the automation, so SOAR, key number two. Uh, and, and just having, you know, good hygiene, uh, you know, from your, your password policies and things like that. Those would be my three big takeaways uh, to share with you today. It's remarkable that year after year, we, you know, there's the, we keep beating that drum about the basics. And yet, um, year after year, we keep beating the drum about the basics, right? Well, it's, it's always, you know, to use a, a sports analogy, you always see the teams that do the basics right, a block and tackle or, you know, just hit situational hitting if you're a baseball those are the teams that are successful. So again, if you're just doing the basics and, uh, and you're doing that effectively, uh, you're going to be one step ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Keith Malarski from EY, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Dave. Emily Austin is senior security researcher at Census. I caught up with her at the RSA conference for details from their 2023 State of the Internet report. At Census, uh, we have the most comprehensive internet-wide scan data set available. And the creation of this report, this is the second year we've done it, and the goal really is to sort of illustrate some of the power of that data and kind of show off, you know, what you can do with the data, what we're able to see. And uh, in this year's report, we actually focused on uh, the web. We decided to drill deep into that. I mean, the web is such a, you know, it's a huge presence in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we decided to specifically drill into uh, HTTP, service that, that represents a lot of what we see on the internet, over 80% of the services that we see. And after that, we get into a little bit of TLS and encryption on the internet. Hmm. So we start digging into the presence of certificates And finally, we close out the report by looking at uh, misconfigurations and exposures across the web. Well, let's dig into some of the specifics here. What are some of the things uh, that surfaced from the report that caught your eye? 
Yeah. So there's a little bit of good news and a little bit of bad news. Um, I love the good news because I think in security, we don't get a lot of good news uh, all the time, right? <laughs> right. It's a little bit more rare. Sure. Um, so for good news, we know from research from Google that about 90% of web traffic these days is encrypted, which is you know a far cry from where it was even five to seven years ago. So hmm. it's huge. And from looking at our own data, looking at HTTP services that use TLS, use encryption, we see that about 95% of them use uh, or negotiate one of the two latest versions of TLS, so 1.2 or 1.3. And further, we've seen steady growth in TLS 1.3 adoption over the last year. So this, I think, is kind of a win for user security and privacy for just the everyday person on the internet. Like, this is huge, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So that's positive. But, uh, of course, with security, you know, nothing gold can stay, right? Um, Pony boy. Right, exactly. Right. So, so on the flip side, exposures and misconfigurations are still a huge problem hmm. internet-wide. Mm-hmm. As an example, we found over 8,000 servers uh, hosting open directories that contained really anything you can think of that would be something you don't want on the, the public internet, right? So credentials files, SSL and SSH private keys, database backups, CSVs and Excel files with sensitive data. And to be clear, we didn't actually look at these files, but based on the naming conventions of them, we, we can surmise what's in them. Sure. This is a little disappointing to me just because this is something that takes just a few minutes to find if you know how to look for it. And it's essentially just giving a threat actor like a foothold into an organization really easily. So that's, that's still a huge, huge problem. Hmm. Give, can you give me some insights on how you all went about gathering this data? What is the view that you all have that allows you to 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 uh, to gather this stuff up? Yeah, so we scan the entire IPv4 space uh, all the time, constantly. We're scanning, and so we have that all collected into our universal internet data set. Um, it's also available at search.census.io. And so we take that, and, and it is it is a little bit like boiling the ocean in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of have to figure out, well, what is the perspective we want to take on this? And um, like I said, this year we decided really to focus on the web, so that, that gets into HTTP. So that's a huge chunk of services right there. And then starting to drill into, well, what's the software and what's the products that we see running over HTTP? Because it's, it's not just websites. A lot of it is, but... That's not everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then kind of fanning out into adjacent technology, encryption of those things. So kind of thinking about, you know, the story of this is a technology that's pervasive and it's in our lives every day. So let's let's dig into it. And I think that's kind of how we how we approached it. Any other uh, specifics that uh, you want to shine a light on? Yeah. So I think one final thing on the misconfiguration and exposure side we found over 200,000 uh, Prometheus monitoring instances on the internet. Hmm. Um, Prometheus is unauthenticated by default in the documentation. Um, it's expected that you as the developer, the, the maintainer of the tool, will set up authentication in some way or protect it. And we found that about 48% of the endpoints being monitored in Prometheus tools that we could see existed in private IP and DNS zones. So this is akin to, so if you think about the public internet, right? This is akin to if you're going to rob a building and you can see the public IP addresses, this is kind of driving by the building, seeing where the windows are, seeing where the doors are. Hmm. But for the private IP addresses and DNS space, this is like someone's given you a blueprint to the inside of the building. They've labeled Hmm. all the offices, they've labeled, you know, where the network closet is. So again, very easy to find and very useful for a threat actor performing reconnaissance. So what are the take-homes here? I mean, based on the information you all have gathered, what are your recommendations? 
you know, as, as unexciting as it may be, security hygiene is really, really important. Mm. We don't talk about it a lot. It's not a fancy, fun topic in the news. It's not, you know, a remote code execution or a zero day. But by and large, like, this is still the stuff that's going to get you hacked, particularly if, if someone happens upon it, you know, in an opportunistic way, because it is easy to find. So, you know, patch management, asset management, vulnerability management, they're not necessarily glamorous or exciting, but they are so critical to securing your organization. That's Emily Austin from Census. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. Don't forget to check out the Grumpy Old Geeks podcast where I contribute to a regular segment called Security. Uh, I join Jason and Brian on their show for a lively discussion of the latest security news every week. You can find Grumpy Old Geeks where all the fine podcasts are listed. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. Your feedback helps us ensure we're delivering the information and insights that help keep you a step ahead in the rapidly changing world of cybersecurity. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The CyberWire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. The show was written by John Petrick. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily, and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey. 
to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. And now a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust Plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.